Hi, I'm Samantha Boffin, and this is Talking Creative, the art of voiceover directing, the podcast that helps you find, prep, and direct the perfect voice artists for your projects so you can get the most from every single booking. Hello, this is Talking Creative, the art of voiceover directing. I'm Samantha, and in this episode, I'm going to be looking at remote recording sessions and how to approach them as a voice director. 2020 has been a crushing year for the media industry. The COVID-19 pandemic, happening as I'm recording this, has created a world where most of the arts are in crisis. Theatres and the TV and film industry are struggling to survive. And the audio industry has had to adapt too. It's highly likely that you, your colleagues and the clients and production creators you work with are all working from home. And this looks set to continue into 2021 and beyond. A crisis that we thought might be over, or at least waning by now. So it's no surprise that there's been a sharp rise in home studios. Of course, voiceovers across the globe have been thriving on the home studio working model for years now, which has been very, very helpful, because it means the tech is there for us to use. And professional voice artists and actors have often invested properly and are up and running with excellent studios. Because your commercials, promos and documentaries still need to get made. Medical and informational videos are unsurprisingly on the rise, e-learning is suddenly super important, and audiobooks and dramas are enjoying a surge in popularity. So finding the right tone of voice and clear, believable messaging matters more than ever. Luckily, it's easy to find and work with a voiceover who has a great home studio if you know what you're looking for. For pro voiceovers, access to a broadcast quality studio comes as standard and most of them are fully connected via systems like Source Connect and CleanFeed. But if you haven't yet run a remote recording session, all this talk of IP-based connectivity and phone patching can sound a little daunting. And even if you're happy to hop online and direct, there are still challenges in running a session where the voiceover isn't in the same room, getting briefed in person and moaning about their journey in. Self-recording and sending files to you of course still works, but connecting in real time has huge advantages. It can avoid misunderstandings and get straight to what you need. It's great for fast turnarounds. You can find authentic talent anywhere in the world and work with them in a more immediate way. You're able to vary your creative choices and react in the moment if you want to experiment or try something different. And if it's a drama or even just a two-hander, For the talent, being able to act against the other people in the scene can be so useful. The energy is real and you can bounce off each other. Everyone who needs to be involved can potentially be on the call. While you may not relish the idea of your client or marketing being there, at least they'll be on board and understand the choices you make, so there's less ambiguity afterwards. Also, you can get the whole session. The voice doesn't need to edit or process the files to make them perfect, And trust me, we are always tempted to do that. Because you're all there. There's an honesty about a remote recording session that means you get your files faster and everyone understands the journey that you've travelled within the session. That sounds a little poncy actually, but I'm sure you know what I mean. What I'm not going to concentrate on today is the tech. It's easy to get bogged down. And actually, while the tech is clearly a very crucial part of a remote recording session, it isn't the magical bit. It simply enables you to capture the magical bit. 
and your skill as a director is exactly the same as it would be if you and your voice artist were in the same space. But tech can't be ignored, and I think for many directors, fear of it can prevent you actually using it. As any of the amazing editors who've worked with me over the years will attest, if I can handle the tech, anyone can. There are a few different ways to connect with your voice artist, and they're all variations on a theme, so I'll just go through a few of them. I'm also not going to deep dive into, say, the minutiae of directing an animation or a video game remotely in this episode. Not because it can't be done, it can, but because there are some incredibly experienced directors out there who can give you lots of brilliant info about that, and hopefully I'll be able to persuade them to let us into their world at a later date. What I do want to do is just try and make the day-to-day remote recording sessions seem less daunting, or simply give you a few ideas to make them smoother and more brilliant than they are right now. So we'll look at the tech, then we'll talk about what your talent needs to have in place, move on to how to run the session, professionally and playfully, and finish up with what to do at the end to make sure everything is wrapped up in the right way. So, Let's tackle the technical bit first. It used to feel complicated and expensive to record broadcast quality sound remotely. I remember vividly having to trek down to the basement to get the engineers at the BBC to set up ISDN lines to patch outside talent into Television Centre. It seemed like sorcery, and they always tutted and sucked their teeth, so I knew it was a bit of a pain. And having an ISDN line into your home was something that felt when you compare it to the browser-based technology of today, relatively complex to set up. ISDN is still used, but it's fast becoming replaced with more modern technology. Nowadays, all you really need is a stable, reliable internet connection, ideally at both sides, computers, and the right remote connection software. Right. Remote connection software. I confess, I actually had to look this up as a collective term. And if anyone out there can give me a better one, please let me know. Remote connection software is a fancy name for the replacement for ISDNs. And the main ones are Source Connect, the paid version, CleanFeed, SessionLink Pro, Source Connect Now and IPDTL. Some of these are free and all of them, apart from Source Connect, the paid one, and I really wish they'd call it something different, are browser-based and use the Chrome browser, not Safari or Firefox. Source Connect, the paid version, is really the only one that replicates the quality of ISDN. It runs as an app rather than in a browser and is the only one that runs with timecode, so the send and receive ends are perfectly locked together. It's great for all remote work, but it's really the only solution for picture work, dubbing and animation. And if I'm connecting with a director via Source Connect paid, it's almost always into a pucker studio with a sound engineer. It's important to know that if you want to use the paid for Source Connect software, everyone on the call needs to be on it too. And obviously, you'll need a voiceover who also has it. Many professional voiceovers do, and we usually make that really clear on our websites or through our agents, but it is worth making sure. The paid-for version isn't compatible with the free version, and it's not necessarily something that can be set up in a trice. And it's also one of its slight disadvantages right at the moment, because often the engineer, the director, the client and the voice are all working in different spaces. There are workarounds, and I believe SourceConnect themselves are actually working on a solution to that. 
Because of the extras that Source Connect entails, the Chrome browser-based solutions are more widespread. CleanFeed, SessionLink Pro, IDPTL and Source Connect Now. As I say, some of them are free or very competitively priced and just require one side to send over a link, like a Zoom link, to the other people involved, and then you click on it and you're away. They're absolutely fine for most jobs, and if your voice has a stable internet, really reliable. So right, that's the tech. But of course, the tech setup has an effect on who you are booking. Finding the right professional voice was discussed at length in episode one. In fact, the whole episode was focused on it. So do have a listen if you haven't. It's probably the most important thing to get your head around. If you're doing a remote recording session, checking out their studio is key. Just because they say they have a great studio doesn't necessarily mean it's right for you. For a remote booking, you need a voice who has, or has access to, a studio setup with connectivity and ideally a hardwired Ethernet connection. This is one of the things I'm asked most often. Is my studio hardwired? And as soon as I realised how crucial that was, I got that wire threaded into the house. And double-check their studio has the quality sound you need. I notice that many agents and voices now have a clear studio sample front and centre on their sites, in addition to their reels. And that's such a great idea. It shows real confidence about their setup. Booking up in advance and being clear about what you need will give talent who have access to nearby studios the opportunity to set stuff up. You'll still get the voice you want with the tech you need. As ever, much of the success of recording remotely lies in the planning. Because once you've found your brilliant voice, here's the thing, the act of directing is exactly the same. The only thing that's different is the environment you're in. So, before the session, the day before or a few hours before, it's your job to make sure everyone involved has the link. They could be scattered across the world or all in Norwich. It doesn't make any difference. If they're all in separate houses, they all need to dial in. Generating the link is usually straightforward, but it's individual to your particular remote connection software. There's generally instructions on their site, but if in doubt, I usually consult Google or YouTube or ask a friend. Make sure everyone involved is clear who the director is beforehand, if this is a group call. Of course, people need to be involved and able to make suggestions, but someone needs to be able to take the lead and shape the session. You may be a one-man band, or you may have a studio and production staff, a sound designer, an engineer, a creative lead, clients, so it's really important to be clear before you start. And so, running the session. There are two sides to directing a remote session successfully, the organisational side and the playful side. Let's look at the organisational bit first, as you can really only be playful once that's all in place. It's good practice to do a test connection with your voice talent 30 minutes or so before your booking starts. There may be issues with this, of course, a session already in progress or a clashing booking, but if it can be done at some point beforehand, then brilliant. Of course, it all depends how often you work with this particular voice. You don't need to be forever popping into their timeline. This test is the point that you can check everything is working properly both ends. I sometimes even set levels at this stage and clarify any tech specs I need to know. The recording level I need, like 48 kilohertz, 24-bit WAV or whatever. But equally, that part can wait until the session starts. There are a few things to run through at the start of the actual session. 
clarify the recording specs, as mentioned before, so you get the files you need with the correct specification. And take some level. This is so you can check the delivery your end, and so the voice can check it their end on their own software. Because it's really, really useful if the voice records at source too, onto their own editing software on their computer. Working over a browser can be unstable and there may be internet dropout, so an at-source recording is a great reliable backup. Remind everyone who the director is. If you're breaking the script into smaller sections to record it and you haven't already mentioned it, now is the time to do that. This can sometimes be a good approach to a longer script, but always let the voice do a whole, uninterrupted read at least once so that the flow is captured properly too. Clarify how you want the voice to mark takes if they make a mistake, i.e. part 4, take 2. You need to trust that the voice knows what they're doing their end on the tech side, and also that nothing is sucking up their bandwidth during the recording session. No Sky TV, no gaming, no streaming, etc. on their side. But it can be worth a mention, just to remind them. Perhaps you can say you've had some issues recently, so you're just double-checking. And, as an aside... This is why Zoom isn't always a good addition to remote recording. I've been in some sessions where it's been great to be able to see the director and the other actors, but it is a bit of a luxury and it hoovers up the bandwidth. So if it's practical, do try and ditch the Zoom and concentrate on the sound. Also, do be aware that during the session, your voice may need to top up their hydration levels, so they might be stopping to take a sip of water occasionally. And lastly, it never hurts to quickly whirl through the brief as a reminder just before pressing record, the role the voice is playing, who they're speaking to and why, and the energy of the piece. Is it warm, sympathetic, uplifting? All the stuff we talked about in episode three about briefing. Be light and positive. You are inspiring the voice at this moment. So now you've done your checks, it's time for the fun bit. Directing with a playful approach will really lift the session, and it doesn't matter if it's e-learning or animation, this is the performance bit. At this stage, and if the voice is happy, you can go straight into record, because it can be good to record any rehearsals too. Once you're in record, it's like you're splitting yourself in two, because on the one hand, you need to listen like a hawk, plosives, inaccuracies, stumbles, swallows, because if there's any doubt, you'll need to re-record, so you need to be aware of them. Find your own way of making quick shorthand notes on the script to help this process so you don't get lost, but try not to interrupt the flow. And on the other hand, you're listening to the truth of the delivery. The ideal is that you know what you want to hear, but you're flexible enough to let the actor bring their own interpretation to the read. Allowing the voice to do their thing on the first read-through is always a great move. Your intelligent, thoughtful direction can follow, and try to avoid a can-you-say-it-like-this approach. It can take practice to get those two parts of you working in sync so that you're aware of the inaccuracies but also aware of the performance. Having your brief to hand alongside the script can be a great way to remember those useful terms like warm, sympathetic, tired mum, bold announcer or whatever. And you can use the brief to sense check that the delivery is capturing the right tone and energy. Professional voice artists are experienced, intuitive and responsive They get direction really quickly and they love the collaboration process. After all, everyone wants the best possible end product. On a practical note, it's a good idea to get two full runs as a minimum. But bear in mind that too many takes 
can just be confusing in post-production, and you may also need pickups. Occasionally, I've also been known to revisit the start of a script at the end of the session, once I've warmed up. But of course, your approach to directing holds good whether you're in a remote or same room recording. You'll probably have booked an hour-long session, but you may not use it all, which is fine. And that brings us to the end of the session. On a remote session as a voiceover, I've found that the director just wants the raw sound files, generally WAV files, unprocessed and we transferred over immediately, or sent via Dropbox or some other method. In fact, depending on how the session was recorded, you, as the director, may automatically have the recordings at your end. But the voice will have recorded their at-source files their end, and they've often recorded the entire session. You, as a director, might want a clean edit. That's one with any mistakes and chat removed, and even some light processing or file splitting. But this ideally will have been clarified long before this moment. Either way, just be clear at the end of the session exactly what you need, and any deadlines that have been mentioned. And that's it. That's remote recording. We've looked at the tech, your voice artist, and what they need to have access to, setting up the session and running it from both an organisational and a playful perspective, and what to do at the end of the session. I realise I haven't covered every different type of scenario, but we'd have been here for ages, and as I mentioned at the start, this was more about demystifying the overall process and making it seem less daunting and even offering a few new ideas or insights. So that's it for this episode. And if you haven't subscribed to this little pod yet, or given it a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, please do. It's always great to get your feedback. So, until next week, this is Talking Creative, the art of voiceover directing. And I'm Samantha Boffin. Bye. That's it for this week on Talking Creative, the art of voiceover directing. If you're new here, do take a moment to subscribe, rate and review on your favourite podcast app or head over to talkingcreative.co.uk where you'll find the whole series so you can get the most from every single booking.